Hi everybody, Ethan here. As you know, this is an educational show. I mean, we like to have a good time and joke around, but it really is meant to inform the public. And today we're doing a really serious movie called Waterworld, um, a dramatic film that is beloved by all. So in preparation for this episode, I actually spent a couple months crafting and composing a piece which I think illustrates how important this film is and the lessons that we can learn from it as a, as a people of Earth. Thank you for listening, and here is my original composition entitled Waterworld. Kevin Costner drinks his pee-pee. Kevin Costner drinks his pee-pee in Waterworld. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh. And today we're talking about the critically not acclaimed at all uh, 1995 Kevin Costner film Waterworld. I have two fantastic guests today. First off, a writer, performer, and founder of the nonprofit organization You Are Okay, Jenny Jaffe. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I default to NPR guest whenever I go on a podcast, even though I've never been on no, an please. NPR podcast, I don't think. But I just default to, like, thank you so much. Let's do it like an NPR show. Okay, here, I'll do, I can even do this again. Yeah, that'd be great. Today we're talking about Waterworld from 1995. We have writer, performer, and founder of the nonprofit organization. You are okay, Jenny Jaffe. Thank you so much for having me. How's it going, Jenny? It's going so well. Thank you so much. Did you have a good uh, breakfast today? I did. I had a lovely quinoa wrap. <laughs> this is, is, it might become unpleasant for the listening audience, or so? I don't know, or they might you know, be getting nice natural. ASMR tingles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, joining us, of course, you know her from our uh, The Shape of Water episode. It's Assistant Professor of Biological Sciences at Cal State Fullerton, Christy Forsgren. Hi, thank you for having me again. Hey, thanks for coming back, Christy. Absolutely. As we discussed on The Shape of Water, your specialty is fish genitals. Can I, is that correct? That, that Wait, is really? correct. It is. <laughs> Yeah, which I, fish has the best genitals? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Well, that's great. it depends on your classification of best. Taste. You know what? That's a great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's what you do in the lab. They're a little bit small to eat. Oh. Um, so yes, I study fish reproductive anatomy and physiology. Uh, currently, in my lab we're looking at internally fertilizing fish. So not all fish fertilize this way. Most of the fish we think of when they reproduce are spawners. They release eggs and sperm into the environment, and it's left up to nature to what fertilizes and develops. Mm. There is a small group of fishes which internally fertilize. This means that the male has a copulatory structure or penis, if you want to say. They must insert. I'm only that. ever saying copulatory structure. <laughs> Yeah. Again. Perfect. Please, That's scientifically uh, more accurate. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So the males will insert this structure into the female's reproductive tract to transfer sperm. Mm. And then the female's eggs will become fertilized. And depending on the life cycle, she can uh, release very immature larval fish or they can stay within the body to develop so to a period of time. So it sounds like a much more human way of giving birth. I don't want to um, say giving birth. But I would say human-like. So humans okay. have a uterus, and fish do not have a uterus. Most of the fish, uh, the eggs are fertilized within the ovary. I have a question sure. about, so let's Fire say away. that a ladyfish lays a bunch of eggs. 
does it have to be the same species of fish that comes by and fer- fertilizes it, or mm, could it absolutely. just be like? And is that I don't know. Maybe that's sure. a new. F- yeah, can yeah. I yeah. swim so, on top of yeah, them? Yeah, could, could Ethan you have a fish? A Kevin have a Kevin Costner? You could, but we are going to classify him in the marine environment as being a sexual predator of fish. Okay, I'll okay. take that. You want that? I'll, I don't want that, but if it, I'm but trying to make you're fish men. But um, the definition of a species are those that can actually fertilize the eggs and sperm of one another. So another species cannot fertilize those eggs. It just Um, won't work? It just doesn't work. There's usually blocks. There's mechanisms to prevent that. So having said that, of course, we do have animals... like the mule, yeah, where a horse say, and a donkey yeah. can reproduce. Mm. In that case, the offspring does develop, but it is sterile. It's not able to reproduce on its own. So generally, species, it, it's the egg and the sperm are species specific. In rare cases, you can have fertilization occur. Um, but generally, that developing embryo and the tissues are going to die at some point. If they do survive, it's like the donkey, not not necessarily a fertile animal. Okay. So Kevin Costner in Waterworld, yeah, it's the really mariner. The, I'm so sorry, you're right. The mariner. Yeah, let's call him by his name. <laughs> the uh, the the mariner. His real frustration at the heart of everything is that mm. he's impotent it's a it's a story about male impotence i guess so i mean he left his family he yeah. could have had a you know makeshift family and just said i i don't know it, the land doesn't feel right but or he, what no he but say? he was like it's ne- he right. was never going to be able to have a child have a child right so you know it was going to be too painful or something did he do you think know. uh he, it is that he mutated. It's not that somebody sprinkled some weird... Oh, I wanted it to be um, sperm sprinkles. Yeah, sperm sprinkle. Oh, you I wanted to, fish egg, to sprinkle, sprinkle some sperm yeah. on some fish eggs. Yeah, I mean, I can still exciting. try. Listen, we can go get some caviar right now and yep. make magic. Yep. Can you give us 10 minutes, Christy? Sure, sure. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to watch what happens. <laughs> okay, cool. Go, well, go we, for it. You will need to tell us the results of the experiment because we okay. don't know what we're doing here. Okay, yeah. Okay, great. Very exciting. Um, so, yeah, based on... I, I was also going to ask what the, the biggest uh, copulent structure of for a fish is, like ratio to fish. Okay, so you want to know what animal... <laughs> Marine animal has the largest which, which animal which, which fish can get it hardest? Oh, you're going down a slippery slope here. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Is there one that has a full slippery slope? Yeah. Okay. Who's the slippery slope Let, fish? Let's talk about marine organisms. The largest penis is going to be the whale right but and that's, that's just mammal, because it's right? uh, well yeah it's a mammal but it's also a large animal so it's going to have a large copulatory structure hmm. because you're bringing together two very i've met very some mammals animals. who don't have large copulatory <laughs> structures um no comment uh, yeah but, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there but when we talk about <laughs> fish um the copulatory structures i study are relatively small the larger your copulatory structure that's hanging out there is really fish food for other mm. organisms. So you it's want dangerous. it to be kind of small. Right. So the fish that I study, their copulatory structures are quite small relative to their body. But if you want the most impressive yes. penis, I do. That would be <laughs> an invertebrate called the barnacle. And the barnacle settles down onto rocks as larvae. Um, Wild. So everybody like craps on the barnacle. It just sounds like barnacle is like equivalent to garbage. And here they are, the coolest animal. Wow. So they have the largest penis to body size ratio. And the reason why they settle out as larvae, 
Um, and I always say, just think about when you're a child, you want to hang out with your friends that are most likely to be the same sex as you. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, you become sexually mature. Maybe it's time for you to start a family. And now the barnacles cannot move on the rock. They're sessel. They're attached. So there's nobody for you to mate with. So they have a penis that they can take out of their shell. And it reaches around to all the surrounding barnacles and can insert its penis into the shell. And it investigates in each individual. Are you male or if you're female? Female? Nope. Okay, a little bit further How does it away. know? How does it it's detect this? It's looking for the female reproductive tract. But it has like receptors or some sort yeah, of... Yeah, it's got to have some ability to feel or You're talking have... about it like it's a mystery. It's a mystery. We I, don't know. I don't know. I, I thought until today that barnacles weren't animals. I thought they were like little rocks that just appear on boats. Not only are they, they animals. They are animals, yeah. yeah and, and they have giant dongs. Now you're going to respect them. I sure am. Yeah. Yep. One thing I know about whales, and I feel like maybe this is wrong or maybe somebody lied, is that they're prehensile and they like fight each other, the whale um, dongs. What? I don't know that they fight each other. So something that would be prehensile, they're able to grab onto something. And they curve. I don't know enough about whale genitalia to tell you if they actually fight with those, but um, they possibly are going to be able to have some mechanism for them to insert into the female and grasp and hold on to that. So Got it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite marine animal? Uh, favorite marine animal. I am p- quite partial to these internally fertilizing fish because it's only about two to three percent of our fish that uh-huh. have these copulatory structures. Um, in my lab, we're really studying the surf perches, which surf on perches. the outside looks like a just a basic fish you might encounter every day. But once you start looking into the genitalia, it's pretty interesting. Wow. wow. Okay. Surf perches. Surf perches. How many? Surf what perches. percentage of fish are internally? Fertilizing about two to three percent. So it's really it's very very rare. Yeah, and most of what we know about internally fertilizing fish is from freshwater fishes. Um, So that's the area that's most studied. There's not a lot known about our marine fishes that internally fertilize. Wow. Okay. Um, Well, we got to talk about Waterworld, guys. Yeah. Sorry. No, this is great. I want to say something about Waterworld really quick. Hit it. Which is that last night was the first time I'd seen it. Great. And before I saw it. I don't know how I got this idea in my head, but here's what I thought Waterworld was. Uh-huh. I thought Waterworld, and I was not sure why you were going to do it on a science podcast. Was Still not sure. A 1990s <laughs> uh, Polly Shore comedy Whoa. about a Raging Waters-esque water park. I mean... That sounds great. Which sounds yeah. really good. Yes, I, <laughs> I would like to know. watch that. <laughs> it wasn't until I saw the poster that mm-hmm. I started going, I wonder if this is a very different movie than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I think I made up a movie. You just, yeah, you, you heard what you wanted to hear, basically. <laughs> yeah, you just wanted, wanted to watch. To watch. Yeah. yeah. So, wait, what did you think of your first time experience well, with Waterworld? I fell asleep partway through and had to rewatch m- much of it this morning. That makes a lot of sense. Um, because. <laughs> It is a, um, you know, it's it's trying something. It's you know you got to commend it for being the most expensive movie ever made. Was all that money worth it? No, of course not. Probably not. Yeah, uh, too much cash. A lot. Yeah, I think I would have rather watched the Polly Shore movie that I made. <laughs> that you up. made up. Yeah, um, that the, does sound good. It sounds like that sounds like a blast. That's that a sounds hit. like fine family fun. Yeah, and a lot cheaper. So much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, this was very expensive, and it was one of these movies where the 
that it's like a specific genre of 90s action movie where the hero is so deeply unlikable that it's and yes. like ha- makes such poor decisions and Great hates call. everybody around them that you're like, mm-hmm. why am I rooting for this person? It totally. brings to mind my favorite movie of the year so far, 2019 Serenity, starring Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I've not seen uh, this. It's a uh, truly Waterworld levels of baffling, <laughs> and also wow. is about Big an, unli- an unlikable mariner. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah, it's, interesting. It's, uh, so we're still making really Waterworld. I watched it for a different podcast. I only watch oh. movies for podcasts. Okay, great. What well, I mean, a great reason to do so. Uh, was it? It was your first time as well. Yeah, this was. I watched. I it pushed Waterworld on both of you. <laughs> That's. Yeah, and I probably would have never seen it my entire lifetime if it okay. wasn't for you. Sorry I would have been blissfully thinking there was an awesome water park themed Polly Shore movie my entire life. I've, yeah. I'm sorry, I took that away from you. That's okay. Um, I remember when it came out, I was in college. I was a marine biology undergraduate student, and I thought, this is so not going to be correct. <laughs> I'm not watching this stuff. So I never watched it until this weekend. Purposefully avoided. Waterworld. Yeah. It, yeah. And I mean, Waterworld wasn't the only movie I've purposely avoided. There mm. are many. Mm. So right. what's a, just what's it. maybe like the most scientifically accurate water theme movie you've seen? Um, you know, Finding Nemo really? did a really good job. I love it. They consulted that. with biologists. This they, is true. They got a lot of that correct. Although I will say we did a podcast on it and yes. there are many mistakes are as mistakes. well with your friend uh, Misty. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like Nemo would have been dead wow. really early in that Dare movie. Not only you. that, but... <laughs> so I know, didn't say it. Misty said it. With Finding Nemo, I really was excited and anticipated a sequel hmm. because the clownfish is a sequential hermaphrodite. And is what that means is they change sex. Right. So it was male. It would have changed sex to a female. And Correct. I so wanted oh, to have really that cool. movie. Yeah. And then it came out Finding Dory, I believe. And right. The disappointment was I'm huge so sorry. there. Yeah, so. Pixar wow, dropped the ball on the that. on the gender they swap. They did. Um, okay, I wanted to mention a few of the production issues on Waterworld. Do you oh, know about this? I, well, no, I, just, I don't. I just Great. brought myself up to speed on it in the car. Oh, okay. Uh, on Joss Whedon's self-proclaimed seven weeks of hell <laughs> on this film. Okay, what did you learn or hear about? I learned, I mean, I primarily think, I didn't learn as much about the production itself as much as I did about the drama between Kevin Costner and the director. Right. Uh, f- uh, f- what's his name? Kevin Reynolds? Is that correct? It sounds right. I know his last name is Ryan. Everyone oh, was named Kevin in the 90s. That's right. And uh, yeah, that's it was the law. <laughs> right. um, I, uh, I was named Kevin until 2000. Wow. So I um, uh, I learned about the, the issues they were having and that a mm-hmm. lot of post-production was sort of done to try and like rectify. Like they completely redid the score. They yeah, did. they had different creative visions for Waterworld. And they had uh, collaborated on several movies prior to Waterworld, Reynolds and Costner. Uh, and apparently they were best friends, and then this movie like tore apart their friendship. And then they got back together like a few years ago. That's right. Yes, it's a very happy ending. Uh, unfortunately, not for Waterworld, uh, which was uh, somewhat of a disaster for everybody on the set. It appears, um, except I think for um, what was his name the the oh Dennis back, Hopper Dennis Hopper who had experienced like terrible 
productions before, so he was like, oh, whatever, park He's, the course. I feel like Dennis Harper <laughs> is like, I don't even know if he knew the cameras were rolling. Like, that's just <laughs> yeah. how I imagine He's just he goofing talks. Off. I love that, that dude. Yeah, yeah, he the, was awesome. Uh, also, the little girl who played in NOLA is mm-hmm. the girl from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. I did not realize that. I did not realize yeah, that either. I recognized her. I, I was like... She, who is she? And so we uh, two iconic roles up. right there. Yeah. She was cool. in a bunch of movies. Yeah, she's in oh, Grey's Anatomy yeah. too, I believe. Oh, great. Okay. Grades Anatomy. Uh, anyways, it became known as one of the most uh, biggest, like the biggest flops of all time, uh, which I guess the reputation is not necessarily fair. So for all those people that are saying that, that's not exactly accurate uh, because it like eventually evened out, I guess. So they didn't lose like a ton of money. Everybody thinks it lost like a billion dollars. I wanted to rectify that. Um, the budget at first was like five million. And then by the time everybody signed on to make it, it was 65 million. But by the time they finished the movie, it was 172 million. <laughs> wow. And this was because there was a hurricane that hit the set and sank the floating atoll of city that they made. You know, wow. that whole whatever. They were there for a while on the on the in the movie. Uh, so they <laughs> built this set, it sank into the ocean, and then they had to rebuild the set. Uh, and then I also didn't Kevin Costner like almost die in that storm? Yeah, he yes, he needed he, there was like half an hour they needed to like resuscitate him and then also his co-stars there uh Janine or or Jean Triplehorn and Tina Majorino, I'm probably saying these names totally wrong. Uh were thrown from the boat and they nearly drowned and a team of 12 dri- divers had to rescue them. Oh my god. So they wow. had a horrible time. Um it was just uh, uh, that same lady, uh, Tina Macharino. It's probably Macharino now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, got stung by jellyfish seven different times. Oh my God. On the set. She's a small child. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to ask about that too. Have you been stung by jellyfish? Do you know people that got stung? Um, Is that a big deal? Yeah, it can be. Okay. Um, I've always been there, scared of that, but just I don't know if it's. There are some jellyfish that are deadly. Um, I used to work at the Aquarium of the Pacific a okay. long time ago, and we had jellies there. Um, and like the moon jelly that you see, the clear white one that we find off of our coast, you can feel it kind of grab onto your hands, but it doesn't really hurt. Hmm. Um, it's just trying to hug you. <laughs> or look for food. Yeah. It's a reflex. Um, but I have been stung by the sea nettle, which is an orange one with long tentacles, and it burns. It burns. Yeah. Oh, gosh. For, so, uh, like, a long uh, duration? A couple of, a couple of minutes, and oh, then okay. you kind of have a welt for a few days. Wow. Um, but different jellies have different strengths of their sting. Okay. Um, and that's, those. Te- it's at the end of those tentacles. They have a nematocyst. It's kind of like this harpoon that's under pressure. So it's um, ejected upon pressure. So when something comes in contact with it and that harpoon goes out, it can inject into what it's supposed to be is the prey that they would eat. And then they'd pull, draw the tentacles Whoa. with the food on the end of it up to their mouths to eat. So it could be a fish or krill or any other kind of small plankton that they might be feeding on. Wow. Very Waterworld-esque, by the way, to use that harpoon. Yeah. He is just willy-nilly with that harpoon. He loves right? that harpoon. Yeah. Every five well, minutes. If, the, if he can't have kids, he's like really like externalizing. It's very Freudian. That's yeah. his copulatory structure. Good call. <laughs> he's that harpoon gun. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a beast with that thing. 
Um, okay, so the main thing here that we need to discuss is the gills, because he is a mutant in this film. They right. call him Muto, I believe, <laughs> which has got to be one of the laziest nicknames I've ever heard. Yeah. He's a Muto. Uh, so, yeah, he, I guess, <laughs> over like a few hundred years, which also seems completely absurd, has yeah, it's adapted a short period of time. Yeah, to the water and has webbed feet. Which yes. is one thing, which I think some people do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk that about that. That could be unrelated to the mutation. He just, he just like has a guy with web feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but he's real good at using them, though. He, like, jumped out of the water at one point and looks like he cleared, like, 10 feet. Yep. Easy. And then the gills. He has, like, these gills. slits uh, on the other side of his ears. Right. So how do we get gills? Okay. So um, gills are present in fish and some amphibians. Uh, the purpose of the gills, it's a respiratory organ, so like our lungs. Okay. Uh, the lungs and the gills are homologous type structures. So the purpose of the gills, or the lungs, is to obtain op- oxygen from the environment, which our body needs to generate and create our energy source within our body. So for metabolism reasons, we need to bring in oxygen. So the gills are going to extract the oxygen from the water. It's going to diffuse into the blood circulatory system, be distributed to the cells and the tissues. Um, The byproduct of creating our body's energy, ATP, is carbon dioxide, which is toxic to us. So that's going to go through the blood circulatory system, make its way back up to the gills, and then be expelled into the external environment. That's the function of the gills. Um, That's what our lungs do as well for terrestrial animals. Okay. Makes sense. See, I thought that the way to get gills, based on the documentary The Shape of Water, is you fall in love with a (laughs) big fish man. That's right. And one day they show up. He's going to magically turn you into a fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense That's to me. That's been my it's, plan. It's quite a fantasy. Yeah. I, I wouldn't rely on that. I'm really trying. <laughs> I got, I'm very sick of the apps, you know. I just want to meet a nice fish man. It's around the get corner, Get some Jenny. gills. Thank you Any day so now. much. Any Thank you day so now. much. You just keep being you. Oh my god! And that fish you. man will come. <laughs> just hang out by the beach. I just want him to like emerge from my toilet. <laughs> I mean, that I wouldn't trust. Yeah. But you know, if you're near the ocean, maybe it's sure. a little healthier. Um, okay. Well, I live on the east side. It's really far. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a commute. Uh, what a girl's got to do these days. I Am know. I right, ladies? I would know. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Okay, so the gills, <laughs> the gills. Uh, my question is, he's out of the water most of the time. Yep. So if a fish with gills is out of water, they're screwed. They are. They're okay. they're going to be okay for a few minutes. A few minutes, um, flapping around. Flapping around. Uh, the gills are going to dry out. They cannot be dry. Hmm. Um, the gills are made up of a series of these little filaments. They kind of look like feathers. Uh, they need to be supported by the water in air they're going to be too heavy, they would collapse upon themselves. The other thing is you need to have water in order to assist that diffusion of the gases out of the water into the body and then that carbon dioxide out of the body and back into the environment. So without the water, they're going to dry up. If they dry up, that means all that those blood vessels in there are also going to be dried up and they're not going to be functional. Wow. So it's not that a fish gets out of water and suddenly can't breathe, it's that all this other stuff happens yeah. to like shut down their systems. Well, it can't it can't breathe or it respire. 
um, because it's no longer in that water resource. So it has to have the water to extract that oxygen from. So, it so can't in the air, it, it can't just take the oxygen out of the air. The same way that if we go underwater, there's a lot of oxygen in the water, but we can't extract can't it using it. our lungs. So this opposite is going to happen with anything that has a gill. Wow. When it's in the air, it does not have the ability to extract that oxygen from the air. Even if it's... Um even if Humid it's Kevin Costner? Or, no, I, I, he, he obviously can do whatever he wants, apparently. Because <laughs> right. he has both, right? I mean, he has lungs yep. and gills, so he can switch. But I'm saying if, uh, I don't know, if you're like spraying with a hose or something a fish, and so the gills are wet, are they able to extract oxygen? They could. Okay. Um, but we also have to remember there's marine fish that live in seawater and there's freshwater fish that live in the freshwater. Mm. So those salts are going to make a big difference. Oh. Um, so if... You know, the mariner was a marine uh, creature. Creature. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking biologist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a marine biologist. If he was a marine biologist. Um, so with marine animals, the mm -hmm. gills serve other purposes as well. Oh. So it's living in a seawater, a fish, not our mariner. So we'll talk about the real organisms. Yeah. Uh, Work backwards. They live in the seawater and... You don't want to, you don't want to be in a lot of seawater because is what's going to happen is salt sucks. It's going to pull water away from the body. I tissues. think salt rocks. It so does, it actually Ooh. does taste good, but physiologically, Hot debate. the water in your cells is going to exit your cells in your body and go to the seawater. So it creates a dehydrating environment. Okay. So the seawater fish must drink a lot of seawater to have enough water for its body to function. The problem then is, is it brings up too much salt into the body, so it has to get rid of it. So the way it can get rid of these excess salts is through the gill tissues. So the gill oh. tissues also play a functional role in getting rid of excess salts. At the same time, the fish is going to produce a very salty urine. So they're going to urinate a very small amount of fluid, but with a lot of salts, higher in salinity than the seawater, so that they can maintain their internal body tissues um, at a salinity that's appropriate for physiological functioning. Wow. So the gills are like a filter of sorts. Yeah, they, can... they are. They help to extract that excess salt. Wow. Now, if you talk about a freshwater fish, it's the opposite situation. Mm. So now we have a fish, and you need to have these ions or salts within the body to properly function. And it's living in freshwater, which has little ions there. So a freshwater fish isn't going to drink a lot of water because is what's going to happen is the water is going to come into the body if there's too much water coming into that freshwater fish, the cells are going to expand as opposed to shrinking, and then the cells are going to explode. So is what the freshwater fish does is it retains as many ions as possible, does not drink water. It's not really getting rid of any ions over its gill tissue, mm -hmm. but it's producing large amounts of urine that's very dilute in any salts. Wow. So there's that difference there. Yeah, difference in pee-pee. Jenny, yeah. you have a question? Difference in that environment that you live in. No, I was just going to say difference in pee-pee. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Kevin Costner is like, oh, the Mariner is a very, you're right, I'm so sorry. Um, like, truly the filmmakers just gave him gills and were like, good enough. Like, they didn't yep. take into account any of this. No. It, no. it sounds like they Especially definitely didn't bad. think about the whole breakdown part, that yeah. they would like collapse, right? Right. Also, he yeah. tees a lot. 
Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. and a and a marine fish wouldn't pee that much. It would try to conserve as much water as possible, getting mm-hmm. rid of all that. And how often that. do marine fish drink their own piss? Um, well, they're kind of living in that environment, but okay. I wouldn't say that they're directly drinking. So it, it is valid that we should all pee into a series of tubes. <laughs> that, that filtration process, um, do you have any insight into, do long tubes filter pee? Okay, yeah, well, and why would you need to all, tap the nozzle so many times? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> PSA here, yep. do not drink your urine. It, hmm, it's okay. not... It's not a good idea. But you're not a urine expert. Um, you're no, marine I'm biologist. Not. So, um, but ma- physiologically, <laughs> and I study physiology. I'm going to tell you, don't drink your urine. Okay, fine. Um, we have what this, like, about just a little bit? Not. I wouldn't recommend as like yeah. a mixer. What if you're not at a party? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, we have this idea. What if your friends pressure you? Yeah, and it's your birthday. Then you say, no, I talked to Dr. Forsgren on this podcast, or I heard this podcast, and she said, absolutely do not drink your urine. Okay. It's not sterile. Um, so Wait, isn't the whole thing that it is sterile? I thought it is sterile. It's not sterile. sterile. Does it help jellyfish stings? Is that a lie, too? I think that is a lie. Um, that I is a lie. Hot water is going to be more beneficial. Think, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really hot I think water. Uh, to mention Misty again, to shout out to Misty. Yeah. I think she was the one that told me that uh, that it makes it worse. That it it's does. like if you pee on a jellyfish thing, that it like spreads it or something, yeah. right? Well, you're putting all those salts onto a welted wound, and so <laughs> so why know, is that? Who you, started every this? Sitcom lied to us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're believing non-scientific. That's information. why they made it up, probably because yeah. for sitcoms. They thought it would be funny. Yeah, yeah. and they were right. <laughs> and they probably out. thought <laughs> I'm going to put this on this sitcom and then go out to the beach and see how many people pee on themselves. <laughs> And yep. every time they do, I'm just going to laugh hysterically. Yep, yep, that worked out so for them. So your urine is not sterile. When okay. we refer to something as being sterile, that means there's no microorganisms or bacteria in there. Mm. And in the best case scenario, we don't want to have bacteria and microorganisms in our urine. But our body temperature is 98.7 degrees. That's a perfect breeding ground for bacteria and microorganisms. Yeah, we have like millions in us, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't survive without them. We right. actually need a lot of these bacteria to survive. Um, in the laboratory, if we want something sterile, we put it in an autoclave, which um, operates under pressure and high temperatures of over 240 degrees Fahrenheit hmm. to make something sterile. So let's say I bought a home autoclave and yeah. started peeing in it on which, the rag. Yeah, which is on sale, by the way, on uh, Jenny's website. It is, okay. by the way, um, homeautoclavenow.com. <laughs> Go for it. And then <laughs> I just kept it in the fridge in a Brita. Hey, if I peed into a Brita. That's a, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. ask. Okay. Would, then, would it then be sterile? No, because the, those filters are not small enough to get oh. a lot of those bacteria and microorganisms out. Okay. Right? We just go. We're, we're so we're close, Jenny. This, yeah, I know. There is are. a way that we can drink our own piss. And, I know it. Okay, if you really, really want to. Okay. <laughs> and only, I do. The only yes. way that I would recommend, and I really wouldn't recommend, but the only way you can drink mm-hmm. urine or seawater mm-hmm. is you have to distill it. And so that fancy glassware he had on his boat. Yep. Is that, that's not it's, it? That's not it. <laughs> so wait, you but mean like extreme if, heat? Is that what you're... Yeah, okay. so let's say that you had a container. A boiler, like you just boil it. A boiler, yeah, you have to have heat. So you okay. have, um, let's say you have 
we'll say seawater is in a container, you apply heat. Mm -hmm. You want to cover that container as the water heats up, you're going to get condensation. And the condensation would be on the top. Let's say you covered it with like a plastic wrap or something. Sure. You could drink the condensation. That will be wow. your only pure really? water. But you would have to have it really hot. You'd have to boil yeah, it. Yeah, you have to be able Which to I don't know heat how it up enough. He on the, on the he peed, he put it in this fancy glassware. A few beacon, a few uh, beakers. It went through a few little tubes. It was and more then or less a crazy it. straw. Yep. Yeah, a and big that crazy work. straw on a boat. Yeah. And then Don't he do that. Drank it. Yeah. And I was confused. He drank it, and mm -hmm. he didn't swallow everything because he spit he some of it onto some. his lime plant. Yeah, he used yeah. It his mouthwash almost. And then he he's like using also to water the yeah. the tree. Right. In it also was kind of green. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was eating asparagus it, or something yeah. for sure. Mm. If but oh go oh, I was gonna say my problem is if he had the gills, he had no reason to be drinking water. He could just go into the ocean. He has Wait, gills. Oh, and and you're right. I see what you're saying. Filter he has in gills. the water. He should be drinking the seawater. His allowing his gills to get rid of the excess salt. Wow. You know, making small amounts of urine to get rid of the salts, not peeing on land a large amount that's going through fancy glassware. <laughs> you know, that's my take on that. <laughs> that's that was a good one. Amazing. I didn't think about that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. He's real sad, I think, the mariner. Yeah, He's sure. real sad. He's kind of the only person who should be happy in this movie. He, hmm. The world is uniquely suited to him. Oh my now. God! Also a great call. It's yeah, true. he's got such an attitude problem. He, you know what? He does not look on the bright side. I don't think you're right. And the bright side for him mm -hmm. is really he's really the only person who has one. Yeah, that he's got. He can and live clearly, in water. according to the end, it's what he would prefer. Yeah, like yeah. his ideal life is to be by himself out on the ocean. Yeah, he's having a great Cheer up. time. What's the yeah. deal? You're where you want to be. Be yeah. happy in the moment. Yeah. Jeez. He's such a negative Nancy. Negative Nancy, absolutely. And it would have been a better hero if he was just uh, in a great mood, well, spreading I, joy. I also just think like the entire Cracking time jokes. I'm like, he's so mad at like a little girl who wants crayons. I know. You know what what is he using these crayons for? <laughs> Doing the jumbo crossword. <laughs> But he doesn't, but it's like, he's, it's uh, like, why would we root for this person? He doesn't have a single, like, pet the dog moment. Because like, he, not a single well, there is a moment, but it's like way late. And he's playing with uh, Enola in yeah, the water. Yeah, but he's already teaching been her how to swim. You're right. Such a jerk I'm already her. against him. You're right. The only reason she people. She cut off her hair. Yeah, it was violent. There was a few unforgivable moments for mm -hmm. sure. The only thing that's redeemable, I guess, is that he's jumping around with, like, Indiana Jones music. That's, like, the only cue we have of, like, hey, this guy's really cool. Yeah. Look at this yeah. cool score while he I, leaps over a I do feel like the movie tube. is really like, hey, remember other movies you like Kevin Costner in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch one of Go those Go watch now. one of those, yeah. Um, okay, I want to take a, a quick uh, a side tangent because there was a moment in this movie that shot out to me as ridiculous, where the boat is going down, the big smoker boat. Uh, I don't even know if it's a boat. Ship. The big smoker ship where Take everybody lives. Take a ship, yeah. Yeah, is going down. And on the back, it says Exxon Valdez. Yes. Yep. Okay. So I wanted to dive a deep dive into Exxon Valdez for a second, just to cheer everybody up. Great. Um, so we're going to play a game here called Exxon Cues Me Valdez. Exxon Cues Me Valdez. 
And the thank you. And the <laughs> there's a great excuse me from Dennis Hopper in this movie at one point. He oh, is there? a full Steve Martin excuse me. <laughs> I, I not, missed it. Yeah, I missed it too. I don't remember that. It's his. Oh, honestly, ninety percent of his lines are like completely ridiculous. He is just <laughs> throwing out jokes left and right. He's he's the funny bones character. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. Anyways, he's supposed to be like a, this super evil villain, but I I liked him more than anybody, I think. Yeah. I wanted to watch more of him. You know what I also watched um, on the way here because I took a lift is the entire um, Waterworld show at Universal. Oh, uh, okay. The stunt show. Yeah, yep. I've and seen that. The, okay. Back in the day. Great. The, the, the dialogue is really wonderful. I think it adds an extra layer. Oh. To I think it's worth a watch. Okay, I'll watch. check that yeah. out. Uh, listeners at home, check that out, please, uh, uh, as well. But great, great dialogue from the Kevin Costner character, but not delivered by Kevin Costner, delivered by a stunt actor at Universal <laughs> Studios Hollywood. So Also named Kevin, probably. Well, if he was born in the 90s, then yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I have, I don't know how much you guys know, I have some some facts, some Exxon Valdez facts. I'll have you guys just guess. Okay. Whoever's right. closer uh, will win $1,000 per answer. Oh my God. I wow. Know. That's such Sponsored a by podcast. Exxon because yeah. they feel oh, bad great. about the spill. Where, <laughs> where did the spill occur? Prince William Sound. Whoa, she's coming in hot. Uh, wow. That's in Alaska. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I'm sure you knew that, but for everybody else, because of course I did not. When did the Exxon Valdez? Uh, March 24th, 1989. Oh my God, I'm walking, you're a, you're a shark. You're this an Exxon Valdez shark. Do you want me to let you answer one? No, not at all. I love this. Do you have anything about, like, I don't know, uh, things that happened in reality TV last week on there? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get that. That's like all you. That's all you. Yeah, I could, yeah. yeah, I can get down with some Bachelorette questions. We'll do a whole Bachelorette game right after this. Great. I also love the Bachelorette. Not ashamed to admit it. How much crude oil was spilled? About 30 million gallons. That one, take I'm a guess so on this sure. one. I'm gonna just say Luke P is the crudest <laughs> and the oiliest. <laughs> that guy is out of his mind. Uh, ten point eight million God. gallons. It was about a third, right? So Correct. there was about thirty million on board. I think there was yeah. like fifty million, from what 50, I recall, okay. actually. But you uh, but you know, you're wow. still super crazy close, Christy. Um, do you know the two main reasons for the spill? Um, it hit a reef. That is true, but why did it hit the reef? And who's to blame? Uh, well, the <laughs> the captain took the blame, but he was below deck, I believe, when yeah, the accident he was like happened. Right, yeah, he was like scapegoated, I think. I think right. like he was skateboarding. I was like, what a cool dude. This guy built He's a whole... He's on the whole, deck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> deck skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, he built a whole skate he ramp below deck. He was accused of being deck. intoxicated, I That's believe, correct. right? Yes, yes, and I think he was. I think he was drinking, but he was not uh, at the, like, you know, control deck or whatever right. it's called. Um, and they weren't in the correct lane. Like, they were supposed to mm-hmm. be on a certain track... Yes. I don't know why they weren't, but they weren't. They hit this reef. This is what I got here. The Exxon Shipping Company failed to supervise the master and provide a rested and sufficient crew for Exxon Valdez. The NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board, found this was widespread throughout the industry, prompting a safety recommendation to Exxon and the rest of the industry. So that was one. And then the other one is that the same Exxon Shipping Company failed to properly maintain the Raytheon Collision Avoidance System, mm. or RACAS radar, uh, which, if functional, would have indicated the impending collision uh, with the reef. Bly Reef? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Bly, Bly Reef. Okay. Raytheon really sounds like a Targaryen. 
Yeah, he was a Targaryen. Actually, mm. he was one of the one of the best. Yeah. 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 And he also had sex with his aunt. Good for them. Raytheon. Yeah. Uh, and then I just have a few fun facts. There was a chemical dispersant, I, th- I hope I'm saying that right, uh, which was dropped on the oil by a private company on March 24th with a helicopter, but the helicopter missed the target area. Wow. So that was another failure. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, which was terrible. And then the like main component of this like Corexit formulation that was used during the cleanup was identified as one of the agents that causes liver, kidney, lung, nervous system, and blood disorders among the cleanup crews in Alaska. So that was also a disaster. Yes. Everyone was really failing on all fronts. That's kind of the point I'm this. hitting. Yeah, which kind of similarly ties us back to Waterworld, which I think was in many ways a miss. Uh, well, according to everyone else, not me, who loves the film and everyone involved. <laughs> uh, it's crazy that, it, like, for everything that's bad about it, it's kind of crazy that it was uh, calling out, like, uh, big oil companies for contributing to global warming in 1995. Yeah. Like, right. Yes, that, so true. So, a weird yeah. move. But, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a, cool. It was an appropriate yeah. ship for the smokers to be on. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, although it did just come out of nowhere for me. I just saw it and I was like, wait, yeah. what well, the hell was it? Right before you saw it go down and it said Exxon on it, uh-huh. there was the picture of the captain. Oh, right. Joe, Joe Hazel. Right, yes. Something. And so that was like, oh, I think that that's the captain no. of Exxon. Man, they went deep. They went oh, hard well, on I feel Exxon. Like it's the one time you really know, like, this is our world in the future. Like, the right. rest, because the rest of it could be, like, another planet. Right. If, yeah, totally. Yeah. It could be any time, except for that uh, intro sequence, that really breathtaking oh, CGI I'm intro miss sequence. The days when there was just a voiceover guy just saying, I love like, that too. <laughs> I'm going to set up this world for you right here. I wish every movie had that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, this is a complete tangent, but I just saw one of Stanley Kubrick's first movies, which is called The Killing. Okay. It's a black and white, like, mystery movie about a, uh, I don't want to say exactly what it is, but it's, like, at a race, uh, horse racing, uh, track, and there's voiceover, like, throughout the entire movie, and he's just telling you, like, he'll, he'll start every scene with a voiceover, and it'll be, like, Kevin woke up at 10.04. He had his breakfast and he said hi to his wife. And, th- and then the scene will start, you know? So it's like, you didn't really need that, but it's just great. It's just a lovely device <laughs> that I wish was still used today. Uh, yeah. I really enjoy that. Um, okay, despite civilian insistence for a complete cleanup, only about 10% of the total oil was actually completely cleaned. So, yep. once again, uh, really bad. And, of course, if you're worried about the uh, animals... The remaining oil the lasted far longer than anticipated and has resulted in long-term losses of species uh, much more than expected. Yeah. You know about that? Yeah, the habitat is still impacted by it. Right. It has not really recovered back to where it was previously. Yeah, I heard it's going to take at least another, like, 30 years. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go, Exxon. And now all their commercials are so positive, I feel like. Yeah. I'm not they trying want you to... to- Fill up your car. <laughs> yeah, fill up your car with that oil. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a huge uh, issue. Anyways, let's get back to the movie here. Another, speaking of this uh, Exxon thing that came out of nowhere, the fish. There's one fish in the movie, really. The CG one? Yes, yeah. this huge CG fish. Uh, I guess I would call it a fish. Maybe you'd call it something else? Uh, a whale? or I, What I, was it? I think it was some kind of a fish. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It looked kind of like a monkfish or a blobfish, you can kind of Google those, are like these big squishy things, but they're not so enormous. It was I mean, huge. this thing was huge. It yeah. came out of nowhere. Um, 
and it was on screen for such a short period of time. I have no idea what that was. Yeah. It presumably Just like evolved. They were like, oh man, there's so much more room for us fishes now. Let's get bigger. Does that make sense? Would that happen? If no. there's more room, more water? Not really. <laughs> That's... I no, mean, and there was no explanation the ocean in the movie. Is really vast now, and not right. every organism is that large. Yeah, why would they just assume that we're cool with seeing this huge I, random fish? I think they got to a point in their movie, and they're like, "I don't know where this is going. Let's throw this <laughs> big, huge, weird, enormous, vicious fish." Yeah, and we—it's—it's it's implied that he killed to eat. it, or yeah. like took some of its. It's implied he like went into it and then killed it from the inside. Oh. I don't know why we didn't see that. We didn't yeah. see any of. Uh, that. that would have been way cooler than anything else that happened. Yes, yeah. I would have absolutely loved that. Instead, we get this really weird cut to them just eating fish. Yeah. On his little boat. And then he says that it was that you don't have to worry about it because they sleep during the day. Right. He's implying so, that they're nocturnal. But he was it was during the day. But it was during the day. It was during the day. So what that makes no sense. But I'd li- let's go on. Let's let's hop off to do fish sleep during the day. Some do, okay. um, but they don't really necessarily sleep like we sleep. There's like a resting period. We believe that they have kind of a we believe torpor. that they have it's yeah. theoretical. Yeah, so they all animals have to rest, mm. you know, um, but they don't close their eyes necessarily and sleep like we do. There are nocturnal fishes and animals okay. um, that are going to be out in the at night, okay. um, and then there are ones that are during the day. Um, but we do also have deep water fish that have no light at all. So their mm. day-night cycle is completely different. They're living in complete darkness. How do fish, like when they're resting, because they're, you know, still presumably kind of traveling, like they're yeah. in the mm-hmm. ocean. What, where? They're usually in some kind of a habitat. So they're going to seek shelter in oh. kelp or rocks, you know, someplace to protect and hide themselves. But they're uh, still floating? Yeah. They're okay. still going to be floating. That's nice. Yeah. There's flatfish, you know, like our halibut flounders. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they can burrow underneath the sand to disguise oh, themselves. Oh, sure. a little blanket. So. Oh, a little gravity blanket. That's nice. Yeah. And how long do they, like, is it a few minutes or do they actually spend? I, I don't know much about how long they sleep. It's probably anywhere from a few minutes to a few hours at a time, depending okay. on the species. But I don't really know a lot about fish sleep. Do they have nightmares? Um, I would think not. <laughs> I would think shark. not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have to have some higher cognitive function, I think, to have nightmares. Hmm. Fish get nightmares about having teeth put back in. Oh yeah, yeah. that is frightening. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a uh, that joke, joke only works if fish don't have teeth, and then I was yeah. like, maybe fish have teeth. They do have teeth. Ah, <laughs> d- dang. <laughs> I was waiting for some sort of uh, uh, teeth. Uh, <laughs> teeth knowledge there okay so there's a there's a moment where they go underwater for for uh, both of them she he goes with her Uh takes her into like a little diving bell situation oh right and they go to see the city which is like super deep right and uh and then there's another moment they're underwater where he breathes for her right and like pushes air into her mouth Right. Is that... (laughs) You want to know which one I have the bigger problem with? Sure. (laughs) The mouth-to-mouth respiration. The underwater mouth-to-mouth. Yeah, we have deep-sea submersibles, so that's not too far of a stretch. So uh, we have small 
um, devices that people go in and they go to the bottom of the ocean floor to study it. Mm-hmm. So that's not that wasn't too far fetched for me. Um, the I mouth did, to I mouth did, respiration. I, I, was a I did have a problem that he was wasting a lot of flares. It seemed like mm. during that. Yeah, and I wondered sequence. how is it does a how does a flare going off underwater? Oh, another good question. I just thought maybe they're <laughs> like designed for that. Flares, sure. Yeah, Under, underwater fire. Yeah. Underwater well, fire. I wasn't sure how that worked. <laughs> I'm not sure how that worked <laughs> either. It didn't trip anything for either Ethan or I. We're like, no, sure. I just immediately accepted it. You're like, okay, I'm okay with this. But the, I, yeah. last time I made out with a fish, I couldn't breathe, and so, so I did. I knew that part wasn't accurate. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you were just trying to push. Oxygen. Yeah, and also, you know, now, yeah, I was, I was trying to resuscitate the fish. Oh yeah. And That's yet she be tough. doesn't know that they have teeth. Hmm. Well, yeah, Maybe you have to be didn't. a pretty bad kisser for me to know yeah. you have teeth in the middle of that. Right, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's a problem. Um, the Right, underwater so resuscitation. The underwater resuscitation. So when I was telling you about the lung, and the purpose of the lung is mm-hmm. to extract the oxygen from the air, you're expelling carbon dioxide. So if you're mouth-to-mouth with somebody like that underwater, he's still expelling air into her mouth that's high in carbon dioxide. <laughs> He is going to slowly kill her. It doesn't. That's a great point. <laughs> so there's not no, helping her a lot. There's no chance that through the gills he pushes out carbon dioxide or. Well, I don't know. his gills are behind his ears. Right. And as those, they should be. Yeah. Um, and those gills, <laughs> that's not where they should be, but yeah. well, um, well, the gills, remember, those have their own blood source. Mm-hmm. So they're exchanging the gas at the source at the at the gill tissue okay so the oxygen is going directly into the blood circulatory system um and the carbon dioxide is going out into the environment from the the blood at the gills so there's no way that he's bringing oxygen into himself that he can directly give to her it's going through his blood circulatory system we can say that that might circulate but still at the level of the lungs Mm -hmm. he's producing more carbon dioxide question what about the magic of true love Mm. Where Did does you that factor, factor in? that in? <laughs> <laughs> also, if it is true love, why leave her? Yeah, uh, immediately. Uh, <laughs> his truest love is the ocean. Oh, the truest oh, love is the wow. sea. You answered your question. Yeah, you're right. There you go. But it. then, second yeah, true love. No, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good. I didn't have an answer. I mean, that's a good one. Is <laughs> that is. his real love is the ocean? <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Big time. Or I guess the world. We should say. Yeah, he, the water world. Yeah, that's right. So the so she would die. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then you've never have you been in one person submersives because that seems frightening no. as seems all hell terrifying. to me. Um, yeah. It's very terrifying to me as well. Yeah. It's very cool that we're able to go to such deep depth depths to study the ocean. Right. Uh, not for me. Not no. for you. It's, it would be like being in a small elevator for a long period of time. I mean, it takes a couple of hours to get like to the bottom. I don't even like a real elevator. I, right. I'm yeah. very claustrophobic. And it's above ground. And so imagine. Yeah, you're going down there for a few hours. It's supposed to be really cool. I imagine it is. I'm going to watch. supposed to be cool. There is Who not enough that? Xanax in the world. To watch those videos. Yeah. The comfort of my house. Oh, right. I bet there are cool videos. Of yeah, people. there's a yeah. lot of really neat videos of mm. the deep ocean. So. That makes sense. Oh, I really yeah. want to see. Yeah, because it's like if you want to get out, it's like you're on a plane. There's there's nothing you yeah. can do to get out quickly. You're going to spend no. another few hours going up. Yep. 
That's, and if you I do also get out, like you're flying, going to die. So is, yeah. 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 It's an even smaller compartment with no bathroom on board. Yeah. How? Wait, and what do no you do Pepsi. about that, actually? Let's see. Oh, they probably wear diapers. Whoa. I have a friend And you couldn't even drink it if her. you wanted. This is... No. Yeah. yeah you're, you're well, if you had a little pot with... Uh, fire <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah my fire pot yeah if you had a little fire and pot you can, you can boil your piss condensation <laughs> off of the yeah easy actually Dude, that's can solved. you bring a snack oh, i'm sure they must like yeah. are you are people just packing like cliff bars and they mm-hmm. must. In the, yeah this, there's scientists that are going down there to study collect specimens and study the ocean yeah. floor but no longer with diving bells we have now probably more yeah, advanced submersives yeah okay and our advanced submersives would have been present before his diving bell oh right? my god after another yeah, great it's point way in that's the future. so funny we would have is, subs yeah why he don't they have subs? better ones than we have now why do they have so many jet skis and no subs i don't know there was a sub that was sunken in Amazing that city question. at the bottom oh okay let's go collect that yeah you deep diving schmuck yeah, they have the exxon <laughs> yeah i mean yeah have the exxon get a sub yeah what are we talking about i kept wondering where yeah same thing. Where did all of these jet skis come from? And <laughs> yeah. where did they keep getting the cigarettes from? Oh, my God. Everyone had cigarettes. Where were they coming from? I don't know. That's yeah, like how you know how someone's you have... a bad guy, I guess. That's yeah. what they were going for. Yeah, but how are you going tobacco if nobody has dirt? Yeah. Or True. water. And that should be more valuable, right? That yeah, should, be should be way more valuable. Way more valuable. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. They cigarettes. were throwing them. Yeah. We're throwing them at yeah. people. Yep. Yeah. a lot Dirt, of... though. Dirt yeah. is like gold. Yeah. For some reason. Very Dirt strange. Dirt also doesn't seem like it would be that big of a commodity because it does seem like mm-hmm. no matter who you are, you could know that it would be at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Everyone yeah. got real dumb. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Part of this. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. time. They lost all of their scientific thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went crazy for paper and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay. But wait, you have been diving like... Scuba diving scuba or something, diving, right? Scuba diving, yeah, okay. and that's quite fun. Oh, okay. Um, but the deepest I've ever gone is 60 feet. Oh. And so go diving, you're putting your oxygen source, the tank on your back. Mm-hmm. So, um, Should I, I be afraid of that? No. Okay. As long as Can you Can I have, be afraid of that? Yeah. Sure. A lot of Why people Why am are. I afraid of scuba diving? Probably because you're carrying your only oxygen source on your back. Okay. I'm very afraid of scuba and, diving. You, know, okay, you have great, your regulator in your mouth, and right. that's the only thing providing you with that oxygen. So if something mm-hmm. happens to your tank... Does that happen? How often does a tank error occur? I Not to freak you out. I don't know how often, but it, it does happen. There does are happen. diving accidents. Um, hmm. There can also be accidents with you coming up to surface too quickly. Right. So as oh, you go that down, also scares bends, me. Right? Yeah, the bends. So you're going down. There's the compression of the gases. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming up, you really have to allow for those gases to off-gas. Um, otherwise, right. you can get nitrogen gas pockets within the blood. Oh, so you got to come up slow. Very right? slow. Yeah, Very make slow. safety stops. Yeah. As previously mentioned, the only activities I enjoy are watching reality TV. So mm-hmm. I, um, not gonna be I don't think I'm going to be scuba diving. <laughs> what about um, snorkel? I, that I could I see myself snorkel. doing. I've snorkeled yeah. before. Yeah. That was, that's fun. I like doing that. Still water yeah. skiing? Um, no. I'm not a big water person, just in general. Okay. Like I don't like being underwater. Really. I've been water skiing once or twice. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I like being near fun. water. Okay. Like looking at it and observing Great. it. Yeah. There um, were some water skiers that went off a ramp in this film. Do you know what oh, I'm talking sure, about? Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. That seemed completely superfluous. Yeah. Because then they had, like, the jet skis go off. 
And that was like, oh, that seems effective. Well, they had to heighten it somehow. So they just like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. There was, I really did appreciate the one guy who was on water skis that went off the ramp and slammed into the wall. Yes. Yeah. That was awesome. There's moments of like slapstick and physical yep. comedy. There are moments where like, what is the tone of this movie? Yeah, it really did appear to be both, right? It was an action movie, but it was also filled with these stupid like physical but it's moments. not like it's not like an action Comical. comedy it is like a bleak vision of the future and everybody's angry but then there's like wacky hijinks and yeah. I'm like, this is these are different movies yeah the part where he again with the harpoon like shoots it and then turns that boat that's shooting yeah. and yeah. then that boat <laughs> kills the main guy's boat <laughs> yeah. That was one of the most absurd things yeah. uh, I've ever I seen. I was laughing. I'm yeah. like, this is really funny. <laughs> yeah, and then, and they built up to it. It didn't happen fast. He, it was he a was slow, like a cat. Burn. He just wouldn't die. He had nine lives. Yeah. I mean, there were many times he should have been dead. That's totally How true. long could people, do you think, live in this act, that environment? Ooh, Because it's, it's crazy to me that... And let's end on are, a high note because we're heading there, right? I mean, these polar ice caps are melting. Yeah, <clears> we are seeing the melting. Um I would say it's probably very unlikely that the entire Earth would be submerged. Oh, okay. Um, So climate change denier. Not a climate change (laughs) denier. Absolutely not. Um, But just looking back at Earth's history. Yeah. um, There have been interglacial periods where um, ice has melted. So our last interglacial period was about... 170,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of our land-based ice melt, which would be Greenland, Arctic ice caps, mountain glaciers. That accounts for about 95% of our land-based ice. Mm -hmm. Um, As that melts, obviously we're adding more water into the ocean. That sea level is going to rise. Our temperatures are increasing. Um, But during our last inner ice, interglacial period, the all of the land mass was not submerged underwater. Ah. Um, so if we did have a situation where we had all a lot of our land ice melt, it's not a good scenario by any means. Um, it's estimated that like for every inch of seawater level increase, if you look at our shoreline, we're going to lose about eight feet of that horizontal shoreline, either for erosion or, you know, if you've ever been on the East Coast and the shore is nice and sloping, Mm -hmm. well, you have that nice sloping shoreline, the water makes a much more larger impact because that water can go onto the shore a lot faster. We see that with all the flooding that we see in the South and the East right now. Mm -hmm. So if our land ice melted our coastlines would be dramatically different. Right. And our coastal areas would be underwater. But our high elevation cities, for example, Denver, Colorado, they're still going to be, they would theoretically still be above land. And, but also like... Above, above water. None of this is happening overnight. It's weird to me that the world just like slowly descended into this it feels like even if we're not going to actively try and reverse global warming we would at least be like let's build some big towers or like (laughs) let's build let's let's take Mm -hmm. to the skies like it's weird that we're like let's just slowly revert into a weird caveman society and we like uh where none of us even know that we ever used to live on land and it's only within a hundred years like that's not it's a short period of time that's a very short period of time yes for so sure. it's, and that's what's so concerning. But that's it's, true. But it's crazy that in this world, no, it's like 
Uh, it doesn't, you don't see the vestiges of our world. It's like they just made a new world with browner clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right, yeah. They wanted it to look post-apocalyptic. They were like, listen, yeah. if we're going to be survivors, let's the go The only ham. people who are going to yeah. survive are white women with dreadlocks. Yeah. It's like really a nightmare. It's just the world is going to be Burning Man. <laughs> this is our future. Yeah. Are there, like, because I know, I'm, I'm from Miami, and so oh, there okay. are concerns yeah. that, you know, Florida's going under. Florida's going under. Okay, wait. So Florida should go under. Sorry. Should go under. Hold on, that's two different Whoa. opinions. One opinion no. sounded scientific, no. and then there was some hatred awesome. there. No. Well, Florida has that nice sloping coastline, right? Right. Yes. So it easily floods. Um, it, that shoreline on the west coast, we we have you know, these steep cliffs that are as a result of our plate tectonics and very different. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Florida and on the East Coast, there's this gentle sloping shoreline. So a small increase in the water level goes a really long ways and it results in a lot of flooding. We see that whenever we have hurricanes and those hurricanes bring in a lot of that offshore water. Mm -hmm. Um, Anytime we have a river that floods, it goes a very long distance. So Florida... Really, in the East Coast and the South, all those coastlines are would be really in danger of being underwater. Would be really yeah. in danger. Yeah, if these or, all these ice melt happens. Okay, well, I'm just saying it seems like it's like happening right now, and it uh, is okay. Well, yeah. I'm great. We, is- we absolutely are seeing that we are losing yeah. a lot of our land-based ice, mm-hmm. and that is the concern. And it's not that this hasn't happened in Earth's history mm-hmm. in the past. It's just that it's happening rapidly. It's more rapidly happening than right. it has in the past. Yeah, um, because we, we love cars this, and Yeah, uh, we attribute cows. this to <laughs> um, increased air temperatures. Mm-hmm. And that's a result of our greenhouse gases, mm-hmm. right? So you're, if you're familiar with greenhouse gases, think of like a greenhouse where you're going to grow plants inside of a glass building. Uh, the sun's heat goes in, but it doesn't escape. So it keeps getting warmer and warmer inside. Our gases... Our atmospheric gases do that for our lower atmosphere. So carbon dioxide is one of the main gases that's in our lower atmosphere that traps the sun's heat and allows our planet to be warm, which makes it one of the reasons it's inhabitable. So the more fossil fuels and oils that we burn, the more carbon dioxide we're producing, more of that goes into our lower atmosphere. It's trapping more and more heat. So Mm -hmm. our air temperatures are increasing over our climate or over our globe over yeah. time. So just bold prediction, when do you think Miami will be an underwater city? I'm not a climate person, um, but it's well, predicted that in the next 30 to 50 years that we'll see significant changes okay. in our coastline with the increase of water. Great. No, it's good. Uh, I had a lot of fun here today. Um, (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Um, My family's doing some real estate in South Florida, so that's cool, right? Yeah. They should be fine. They should should sell it while they can. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I keep telling them. Buy in Denver. I've asked several scientific (laughs) guests if they should uh, sell real estate, and they were like, don't buy or develop real estate in South Florida. That's a mistake. Sell it. So, take the money and run. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> they listen to the podcast. Anyways, uh, we have a lovely plug section here at the end of the oh show. Boy. Jenny, you want to tell us about your nonprofit? Uh, well, I found that very interesting. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Or whatever you want. Obviously, well, one of the, one of the things about working in animation is that everything we're doing right now, I can't totally talk about yet. Okay. But, great. 
Uh, I uh, I do have a nonprofit. It's called uh, Project You Are Okay. Um, it was founded in 2014. It's currently being run by the Child Mind Institute, uh, which is a great organization. And essentially, it is um, uh, mental health uh, support and resources for teens and young adults who are struggling with a mental illness. Um, you can find that at projectyouareokay.org or at projectyouareokay across social media platforms. And you can find me and whatever I uh, am allowed to talk about at any given time uh, at Jenny Jaffe. If I um, do figure out how to drink my own piss, I will be posting Good. at <laughs> least an Insta story. Great. So That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. That video is going to be more popular than <laughs> I would care to know. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Christy? Um, so as you know, I study fish reproductive anatomy and physiology at Cal State Fullerton. Um, we're working on the surf perches right now. So I have a couple of students, uh, Justin Stewart, Evelyn Bond, Shireen Lamb. We're currently working on surf perches to look at the, in, the anatomy to determine what structures are used in transferring sperm into the female reproductive system. And uh, next spring on our campus at the Pollock Library, I have a museum exhibit entitled The Science of Internal Fertilization. If I you want to learn more. I want to go to this. Yeah. I want yeah. to. That sounds so great. Next April, it should be opening. Oh, cool. So that's so cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you um, for having me. Thank you so much for having of us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it was an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, uh, we can fund uh, Waterworld 2, and that way we can all watch that and discuss it right here in the program. I'm frankly shocked there wasn't one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If not, we can come back and talk about Jenny drinking her own pee. That's right. It's going to be we, we can make a whole documentary about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our social media producers are Kate Baker and EJ Gullett. Our associate producer is Emily Feld, and our execu-piss producer is Brett Kushner. I want to thank Lucas Bollinger for the help editing this podcast, and I would like you guys to follow us on Instagram, at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. You can also email us at badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. And if you're feeling really kind, please leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show, which we all appreciate over here. So I will see you next week. Until then, stay dry. Bye.